Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hello and welcome to Wrestle Culture. We're really glad that you're our friends. And this is some wrestling that'll never, ever ooh. Phil Chambers and Michael Sidgwick from What Talk just, just all the discuss all the goings on in wrestling this week and review Fastlane. But before we get into it, if you're a fan of this sort of thing, make sure you subscribe to What Culture Wrestling on either iTunes, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts from for daily wrestling podcasts, where it will be Raw, SmackDown, the Wednesday Night War between AW and NXT pay-per-views. We have interviews, roundtable discussions, and a round of the week complete with a money quiz, of course, on WrestleCulture. As I said, though, joined by Phil and Sidgwick. Um, Phil, have you sufficiently recovered from Fastlane and I still haven't stopped. I think I might draw the line here. Stop saying what a fantastic pay-per-view it was purely because it finished at a reasonable time for us for once. Best pay-per-view of the modern age, I'd say. <laughs> uh, didn't even need any recovering because we were in bed dead early. It was beautiful. Uh, but yeah, it was it was a mis- mixed bag of a show, let's say. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know. It was fine. It was fine. It was a dry one for Pitcock, Peacock. It wasn't ever going to be yeah. anything else. It was never going to blow anyone away. It was fine. <laughs> they should be blowing you away. They have absolutely unparalleled resources with which to blow everyone away. Dynamite blows me away every single week. Hi, guys. Michael Sidgwick here, the AEW show, if you just want to turn off. Hey, there's some mega fans who will be delighted I'm making an appearance on WrestleCulture. So it's fine. <laughs> I like that you moment moment you made an appearance, Salty the Sea Dog was just like, who's this? I don't like it. <laughs> this is terrible. Get him off. <laughs> I'm not handsome. Um, I actually like dogs. I'm actually a human being. <laughs> um, Sidge, talk me through your experience of watching Fastlane, but in particular, the return of the man I alluded to in the intro there, one fiend Bray Wyatt. Well, the thing about how... Daylight savings time in America um, impacts time zones on the UK. It started at 11 p.m. UK time. Mm. And I just couldn't trust myself to stay up for it and then go to sleep at like two just in case I couldn't get back um, in the throes of excitement. So what I did was I got up at like half four, five and watched it on delay. Um, And I was kind of gutted about that because I missed out on beautiful schadenfreude that is fiend discourse i made some jokes like later in the morning on twitter but they didn't get the hundreds upon hundreds you've get doing it live (laughs) you've got to be tactical with your tweets and yes i do care more about my tweets and my um likes than i do about the fiend in general if you tweet at like 6 7 a.m uk time like you're not going to get the yanks you're not going to get the Yank likes, so you're really diminishing. Just some tips out there to get big on Twitter. <laughs> and really going to diminish your likes because um, you're not going to catch the Yanks. 
she was talking about the fiend. It's all about the fiend. It's fiend week. Um, I'm telling you now, right? I've had to watch Alexa Bliss get like regress further and further into childhood. Mm-hmm. And I find this questionable, right? Because this whole star-crossed lovers stuff <laughs> between her and the fiend, right? Started genuinely as a love triangle between Alexa Bliss, the fiend, and Braun Strowman. Strowman, who was suddenly friends again with Alexa Bliss because it made for a storyline, um, was turning evil because the fiend changes people, mm. even though the fiend once did the mandible claw on Braun Strowman and two months later he was dancing on SmackDown like nothing happened in late 2019, almost because they're making it up as they go along and there's no mm. law. But anyway, there was a love triangle. And in the middle of it all was Alexa Bliss, who at this point was playing an adult woman. Um, <laughs> she was falling out with the sh- with Strowman. He wasn't quite the same man as she knew, like the big older brother. He, Maybe I fancy him, Maybe I don't. But one of the reasons why I'm going off him a bit is because, God damn, look at this hot piece of ass, The Fiend. I'm starting to like him a bit now. She literally said, I understand now what people say when they say, moth to a flame. Moth to a flame is a, a f- idiom, whatever you want to call it, that describes being attracted to someone who's not very good for you. So she fancied The Fiend, right? That's the key. She fancied the fiend. And after fancying the fiend and being aligned with the fiend, she started to regress into childhood. Not good. These connotations aren't good. I think somewhere along the way, this is the optimistic take, because they make it up as they go along, they've thought, there's spooky kids in horror films. And the fiend's like, horror movie guy. So I'm thinking they've forgotten, because they never remember anything, that they started with a love triangle. Which is the, the nice explanation as to why she's attracted to someone who's now in a mind is infantilizing this girl. So she's playing on swing sets. She's playing hopscotch. She's got a hair and pigtails. She's doing things that children do dressed like in the aesthetic of a child, mm. like pigtails. She's on a swing set, right? And then at fast lane. What does she do after beating the fiend, who's got knobs for fingers now? <laughs> Genuinely, it looks like a circumcised knob is forefinger, but that's by the by. Maybe it's subtext, who knows, in the lore of the fiend. How does she pin Randy Orton? She's like cowgirling him, pinning him on his knob. I'm telling you now, right? I will eventually allow Phil Chambers to get a word in edgewise here. <laughs> If you look at everything they've been doing with Alexa Bliss, the pigtails, the play set, the, the swings, the hopscotch, and then look at that pin, whoever is the creative driving force behind this segment, someone needs to check the hard drive. <laughs> Phil, what did you think of the return of the Fiend and his absolutely stupid new outfit? <laughs> uh, I'm not entirely sure how he followed that, but it was melty, wasn't he? <laughs> Just go there. <laughs> He looks all melty, and now they've got a new mask that they can sell on WWEshop.com. Have they released it yet? I've not actually checked, because you know they've got a huge amount of new merch lined up for this. That's a good point. I'll check that in a second. Phil, I couldn't get over it. So obviously we miss some of the discourse around it, aside from, you know, the, the, the comment section stuff when we're doing a live stream. When I woke up, surprisingly well-rested after a pay-per-view, 
uh, on, yeah. on Monday and then did the raw preview with Sitch. Sitch pointed out to me that there was some, and I'm not going to shoot on anyone here, but there was some people out there saying, isn't it good that uh, WWE remembered that The Fiend got set on fire? It's like, yes! <laughs> that is high praise of WWE right there, that they remembered something that happened a few months ago. Months, months ago it was. Exactly what Literally the lowest saying. possible standard with which to analyse and praise a storyline. Continuity, it's like it should be in everything. It's like, it's not like WWE. I, because Vince has got a soup for a head. Sage literally said, It's like them saying, Good job that I remember Jamie Lannister got his hand cut off in Game of Thrones. Mm. <laughs> That's what it is. <laughs> Absolutely preposterous that they that they would think that. I'm, I'm now just going to be distracted for the rest of this podcast because I'm going to look at WWE shop and inevitably, whilst looking at it as well. <laughs> I'm going to find some of their god-awful t-shirts we used to buy for each other and the exorbitant prices that they charge for what was it six grand for a fiend belt sweet Jesus yeah there is no new fiend match so I don't oh. know what they're doing there but they're, they're dragging the feet with that but you can still get Alexa gloves Alexa Bliss's gloves for 15 pounds so we should probably I tell Ben Roy. dread <laughs> I dread to think who's buying Alexa Bliss gloves again hard drives Checking. Uh, Phil, you've obviously got SmackDown to review tomorrow. Um, yes. Presumably going to be followed up on tonight. Uh, we, me and Hamlet were, were talking about this earlier on the SmackDown preview. I assume that they're making that main event of WrestleMania a triple threat after Edge screwed Daniel Bryan at Fastlane. But the video preview is basically WWE. And I know it's not like WWE to be like, well, we're obviously going to change everything tonight. But their video preview is basically them going, cool, Edge versus Roman Reigns at WrestleMania it is then, guys. <laughs> That's the end of that chapter. Uh, yeah, it kind of has to be because what the hell else do you do with Daniel Bryan at this point? And how do you, like, they can't possibly go into another WrestleMania thinking that, ah, oh, that's fine. That's the Daniel Bryan stuff out of the way. He doesn't need to be in the main <laughs> event. That's absolutely fine because they've built him up so much and he's been so good at these promos to get himself over as the person that you actually really want to see in that match over edge somehow, which is just impressive at how good he is at this. Um, so yeah, they it's have more to impressive how WWE is bad at it, but carry on. Sorry. <laughs> Fair. Uh, but I really like Daniel Bryan in that match. Mm. Like just the sort of cockiness at the beginning against Roman Reigns at Fastlane. He was, he's just such a twatting good professional wrestler. Like the glee that he had in his face when he was just, driving him nuts and it's like mimicking the fact that that's been the whole storyline throughout this as well like with the contract signing that they did on Smackdown where he was just sort of goading Roman Reigns into signing the thing and then he managed to transform what was like a, a little promo contract signing section into an entire match by goading Roman Reigns into making mistakes and things in it and I thought that came across really well but they cannot possibly leave Daniel Bryan out of the main event of WrestleMania now because it's just ludicrous. You've kind of semi-turned Edge into this tweener character mm -hmm. and you've got Roman Reigns as this ultimate heel character. You kind of have to have Roman Reigns in there now, otherwise you've completely ruined this entire build, Charlie. <laughs> yeah, you said yourself, Sige, that Brian was just sensational again in that main event on Sunday. Yeah, he's absolutely incredible. Um, just the... He's so great at positioning. When he's playing underdog, he's so incredible at positioning his heel opponent is this like vast, insurmountable monster. Like he did it 
to such amazing effect at Survivor Series 2018 against Brock Lesnar. This match didn't quite hit that height, um, but it was still amazing. Just the idea of Roman Reigns, like not just being too strong to escape the holds, but being too large simply for Brian to effectively manipulate him into the submissions. Mm. And then he gradually did. And then that pissed off Roman all the more. He started like exploding into spears. They got reversed. It was just an absolute masterclass of storytelling. And as Chambers very well points out, that was like consistent with the theme of the storyline. And in an absolutely incredible bit of actual patient character work, the fact that they've established Roman Reigns is so powerful. I informed how great Daniel Bryan was on the night all the more. And the more I talk about it, the more I think just Edge feels like a spare part. It's not like they're trying to shoehorn Daniel Bryan into this match. It's like the dynamic is so much better that at this point, Edge feels like the one who shoehorned in. And I guess, I guess this has been fictionalized. He like the Edge character himself mm. has sensed this and decided to smack Daniel Bryan and Roman Reigns of the chair just to vanish the thought. But of course, it's going to blow up in his face and they're going to make it a triple threat match. I don't quite know how they're going to get to it exactly. But Edge is an idiot. Hmm. It's fine because I've got a baby face who I really like who in the match and the bill is incredibly clever and that's good. But Edge is a moron. Ultimate opportunist earns opportunity at Royal Rumble and now diminishes chance of winning to, as they all say on commentary, 33%. Hmm. That's idiotic. He's an idiot. But this is a heel now, I guess. Yeah, I, th- I when think... if you, especially it's like the story that they told in that match of Daniel Bryan being the much smaller guy and Roman Reigns being the best guy. And then you've added in the smaller guy when you could have had the smaller guy at WrestleMania and you could have beaten him. <laughs> yeah, I, I will say this. I think there's a far greater chance of the title changing hands now and not just because of the statistics, as you allude to, Sige. Like Daniel Bryan being in that mix makes, for me, makes it far more likely that Roman Reigns leaves without the title. I'm not saying Roman's going to get pinned with it. And I think that also could really play into that story going forward after WrestleMania. But um, yeah, I don't know. I Like you say, in, in, in storyline, Edge is kind of, for someone who's plotted this whole thing and watched and, you know, considered Raw and right. Why did he do it all? Why did he do all of that? He could have just went, right, okay, I've, oh, class, I've won the Rumble. Well, that was, I did well there. You know what I'm going to do? So eh, wait for WrestleMania. Yeah, exactly. I'll wait. I'll, more, I'll, you, I'll tell you who I'm going to face on the first of April or something. You know, we've had all the pay-per-views out of the way then. And yeah, but. But he's like, all the way through this ridiculous crap when he was like, venturing to NXT and then going to Raw, he kept saying, that's a very difficult decision, this, because the title might change hands before. I was like, well, I, that's, yeah, welcome to wrestling. <laughs> just start this. That's what there's now to do before, like between Rumble and Mania. Like if you just, you know, he got himself into bother. Mm. That's what Edge did. And he deserves is it, to. Is it literally just because Vince doesn't want a big heel win at the very end of WrestleMania. Cause you know where he likes to put the baby faces on top at the end and he's not per, had a big heel win in quite a while at the end to close mania. Per this week's observer just released today. There's two schools of thought. Uh, Meltzer has been taught, uh, told two different things. One of which is edge was looking older by the week and he was funny about that. 
even though the whole storyline is that he's an older wrestler yes. who's a lot of his prime was robbed of him and he's here to reclaim it as this older wrestler. Ah, he looks, he looks old. Yeah, but he's meant to. He's meant to look like this wise and vet. Ah, looks a bit old. You wrote the story in the first place. <laughs> it looked 23 weeks ago. Like, what are you talking about? That or he simply decided that the match just needed changing from which I can infer he was as bored of the edge Roman stuff as most were. It didn't really feel big time, which is, again, quite an indictment considering the players involved originally. We've got major developments, obviously, on the road to WrestleMania this week, Phil, not just at the pay-per-view, but on Raw. You know, Rhea Ripley arrived and challenged Asuka. Are you feeling better about WrestleMania now with it being, what, two weeks away and the fact that you and I know, Phil, we are getting whatever the Universal Championship matches for the for the live stream and Fiend bollocks and I think Asuka and Rhea Ripley, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, I think so, because Sasha Bianca's on the first night, isn't it? Mm. Uh, I'm feeling better about WrestleMania now that Fastlane's out of the way, because it has been a huge, huge, gigantic roadblock in the build to WrestleMania. Um, and now they can just like stop with the stupid shenanigans storylines and just kind of get on with actual, these are the matches now, let's get on with that. Like Hopefully now that Fastlane's out of the way, you can just let Bianca Belair and Sasha Banks go at it and see which one's best. Now that Fastlane's out of the way, you can figure out what the World uh, Championship match is going to be and build to that rather than having things in the way. Like It's just been a stumbling block of everything. And uh, it's, yeah, like I say, just completely got in the way of the build. So now we have an end in sight and we can finally get there and hopefully just calm things down with the ridiculousness and just build it easily because there's so many easy builds that you can get here like at the royal rumble like as soon as edge won you're like ah edge versus roman reigns that's going to be mint as soon as bianca belair won you were like ah bianca belair versus sasha banks that's going to be mint and then everything else that has kind of just gotten in the way of that fact when they'd already sold us completely at the end of that pay-per-view so now just settle it down and just let's just write these stories and just get there easily it, it is bonkers, isn't it, Sige, that we are two weeks away. The fact that me and Hamlet, for example, earlier on this week, well worth checking out this, can do a podcast predicting WrestleMania 37 and not saying who he thinks is going to win, but predicting half the sodding matches that are going to be on two nights. Oh, Christ, I. I mean, look, I understand in the dual brand era, Christ, what a WWE speak that is. I feel like Michael Cole and I'm disgusted by that. Which I understand <laughs> there being two main roster brands that there's possibly a need for an elimination chamber, just a match similar in scope and like not prestige with the Rumble, but the chamber like acts as a decent analog to it in yeah. that there are several people in it. It's a multi-man. Theoretically, you're not meant to um, be able to instantly tell who's going to win theoretically you can tell subplots within the chamber match um, to advance mid-card storylines. So I can understand why they do the chamber. It's halfway reasonable. Fast lane is just content for content's sake. That, as Phil rightfully points out, gets in the way, muddles these builds. They can't do anything. WWE is halfway decent at premises, right? People get it wrong. They can't do storylines. And I know Phil is a SmackDown apologist, and I'm sorry about this, but they don't do like white hot angles on SmackDown. They don't meaningfully advance things um, with like hot angles. It's always scripted promos, admin, 
P.S. Roman Heyman. So they can do a premise. Edge coming back after all these years against all those odds when it was thought his career was over to finally win the big one against the biggest heel in the company. Great premise. They absolutely botched it. Mm-hmm. Right. Bianca Belair, Sasha Banks. Great premise. Right. They botched it because they can't tell stories. So they just do some rubbish. Asinine rubbish. But as again, as Phil points out, it's all out of the way. Exhale. It's all out of the way. They can hopefully just do simple things over the next two weeks. <laughs> you Reginald on SmackDown tonight. God, I know, I know. I was going to say, you must be new here. Um, but to personify that, Sige, we, uh, we should have a minute silence or a moment silence for the passing of... Retribution! Uh, in who, who went in the most retribution of ways. Splitting on the kickoff show to Fastlane. Let's just take a moment to pause and remember them. Right, enough of that, bollocks. Uh, what did you think, Sige? Um, funny, funny. Um, I mean, it's not really funny because there are careers now yeah. that are going to be even more dead than they were under those silly, stupid masks with their absolutely crap Twitter games that people were talking up. They're rubbish on Twitter. They're rubbish. Mm. The gimmick was rubbish. Totally D away from day one where not of like five foot six people, and I know because I'm about five foot six, five foot seven, stormed the performance center. It was absolutely hideous rubbish from day one. I'm amazed it went on as far as it did, and it's dead now. Dead now. And you know, I feel sorry for um, Slapjack Mason Reckoning. And Mustafa Ali. Yeah, yeah, him too. Yeah. <laughs> I just realised as we were talking about that as well, Phil, in the time that all this bollocks for this stable has been going on, am I right in thinking that Mercedes Martinez has challenged for two different titles in NXT? Because <laughs> she challenged for the tag Boy, team. howdy, did she make the right move? <laughs> like, nope, this is toxic and terrible. I'm not going into this. Sorry. And uh, amazingly came out good on the other side of it. Like who knew that could actually happen? You just assumed WWE would just punish her immediately after saying no to this. What no, was she's done all right? What was her name going to be? Because Mia Yim's reckoning. What was Mercedes Martinez's Retaliation? name? Retaliation. I was trying to remember this. Retaliation. Was it? Uh, yeah. Yeah, it was. Uh, yeah, I think so. It was another uh, R word, definitely. As I said at the time, and I wish I'd tweeted this, would have got 1K. <laughs> it's almost like having someone in the Four Horsemen be called Horseman. Good. Because having like reckoning and retaliation in a stable called Retribution. <laughs> he is degenerate. It was just... Hey, we'll always have the classic memories that they brought us, like yeah. through windows and having a little campfire and that time that they shouted at a security guard who wouldn't let them through the door and then they still weren't allowed through the door. That was classic TV there. Just like, like you say, the careers that have been not ruined completely. I've not like someone like Mustafa Ali will come back. He's so talented that he will almost make all of this the burning wreckage of this work, in my opinion. All the talent they've got in there, right? And they threw two gimmicks at it. They did the whole 
oh, who's the who's the leader of uh, Retribution? And, oh, who's the SmackDown hacker? All of that, all done, all for nothing. And he even told me, I think on Tuesday, that they said to Mustafa Ali, if you work through injury, uh, when we uh, blow off this whole Retribution thing, we'll make it, we'll make it a big deal. Psych, uh, we're going to do it on the kickoff show to Fastlane, the test run for Peacock. Ridiculous. Absolute ridiculous. Did film. they even mention it on Raw? Did they even mention it on Raw? Did they see? I don't remember. They weren't on it. I don't remember anything. They weren't on it at all. Um, no one. I don't even remember hearing the commentators talk about it or anything. No. <laughs> Sweet. <laughs> Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost fifty pounds. Salads, generally, for most people, are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Before we go any further, though, this podcast is brought to you by Rocket Money. Do you ever feel like money is just flying out of your account and you've got no idea where it's going? Well, it's all those subscriptions. I mean, think about it. Between streaming services, fitness apps, delivery services, it is endless. I'm guilty of this, so I used Rocket Money to help me find out what subscriptions I'm actually spending money on, and it was more shocking than a wrestling betrayal. You see, Rocket Money is a personal finance app that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions, monitors your spending, and helps lower your bills. Rocket Money has over 5 million users and has helped save its members an average of $720 a year with over $500 million in cancelled subscriptions. So stop wasting money on things you don't use. Cancel your unwanted subscriptions by going to rocketmoney.com slash wrestling. That's rocketmoney.com slash wrestling. Rocketmoney.com slash wrestling. Well, anyway, before we get to today's hashtag bloody good quiz, one final thing I want to talk about, and it was something that broke, Phil, whilst we were doing the live stream on Sunday, uh, and that is Andrade quitting WWE, finally getting released, uh, complete uh, with a complete with a no-compete clause. Easy for me to see, say. Uh, Sige, exciting future, though, for him now. Yeah, and literally anything better than WWE will be exciting. Um, to God's honest truth. Maybe not ROH, but something silly. Um, <laughs> but <laughs> Sombra in New Japan doing stuff with um, LIJ, absolutely amazing. New Japan needs some juice in it. Um, and as great as the matches have been this year, the booking's been pretty awful. As great as the matches have been this year, there's still, apart from Tanahashi versus Shingo Takagi, which if you've not watched anyone listening, go and goddamn watch that match. With the exception of that, I haven't been like thrilled by any new match combination that they've put together. Like every match combination they put together now is feeling incredibly worn. I feel like I've seen the best versions of those matches, as great as those matches can be. Like some putting someone like La Sombra, like in that upper mid card, like can do the world of good uh, with New Japan. Obviously, I'd love to see him in AEW as well. Um, as far as I understand it, um, given news in the Observer, can't quite report um, reform the old double act with Selena Vega. 
but I'm sure they can do. They're on fire at the minute at EW, so I'm sure they can get an amazing talent over, funnily enough, um, however they see fit. Yeah, the future's bright. The future's not WWE. A relief more than anything, it seems like, Phil, because this was just going to rumble on and on, it felt like. Yeah, it did seem like one of those where they're just going to keep him forever, so specifically so he doesn't go elsewhere, and just like the stories of him just sat at catering every week and just getting more and more depressed about what he's doing in his career. It's just, just let the guy go, and finally they have. And yeah, like Sid says, literally anywhere he goes, he'll be hot. I hope they don't even go back to the Zelina Vega thing, because I don't think he really needs her. If you have the right sort of backing behind you, I think you can push that guy like anywhere to, to the top of any card and he will fit in because he's bloody brilliant at this. And it's the fact that he has everything right there uh, and WWE missed out on it all on the main roster is just a tragedy, really. It's, I don't understand how you can do it. Like, how can you have that much talent and then just completely waste it? And it's, it's absolutely mental. So yeah, anywhere he goes, I'd be very excited to see and I will definitely be following him. Yeah, he's he's someone who you kind of hope they can do some sort of share between AEW and New Japan for all the reasons that you guys have just have just talked about. And um, before we very 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 quickly, I, I'd be remiss not to mention one of the biggest news stories of this week to you, Phil Chambers, and get your thoughts on it. What do you reckon to Braun Strowman getting new train noises when he runs around the ring? <laughs> <laughs> I've forgotten about this. Uh, it's I don't and I don't I don't know who pitched that not only who pitched that who said yes to that pitch and they were like yeah let's take that to vince and then vince was like yeah that's a great idea like this has gone through so many levels and then they created the train noises and then they gave them to the production staff and no one decided to go uh guys is this is this really a good idea and it goes toot toot when he wiggles his little fingers in the air <laughs> and then it just, it's it's ridiculous it's inc- it's one of the worst things they've done in this silent era yes yeah i don't know i don't understand it i don't get it i don't un- why who is this for who like even children would probably look at this and go that's really stupid guys <laughs> i mean i just I, i'm the same i don't get it what did the thing was going to happen like if this was live and god damn it please get your vaccines people wear your masks like because this whole ungodly era of wwe will be over soon if we all pull together if this was live, maybe in the best case scenario, some children or some morons might go hey! <laughs> and go and like go. Choo, choo. Maybe like they want this to be a thing at WrestleMania, so they're trying to like do some classic conditioning for the for the fans in attendance. So when Braun wiggles his finger. Some hill go, I saw this on Raw. <laughs> and uh, maybe that's what it's for. Maybe they're trying to plant the pop. I, I don't know what they're trying to do, but I'm here for it. And I'm I'm genuinely now excited. That spot I used to be like, oh, here we bloody go again. Yeah, run around the ring. Now, when that the next couple of weeks, and particularly at WrestleMania, when he face, faces Shane, whose knee's suddenly better. Because Braun, stupid, Braun. <laughs> I'm really, really excited for it. But anyway. He's oh. only a couple of weeks from coming out on roller skates with a little train conductor hat on. And- <laughs> I'd like that. More bollocks, please. <laughs> More bollocks. I don't want to see the most drab, in-house, formulaic, regimented, three-star matches with guys I know can do four or above. What a waste of time that is. Give us bollocks to laugh at. 
Uh, right, let us know your thoughts on everything we've discussed on Twitter at WhatCultureWWE, of course. But enough of all that. It's now time for a... Bloody Good Quiz. And this week's quiz is brought to you by... Oh, I always get his name wrong, Phil. Steve Nikola Kapoulos. Yes, a.k.a. Edward Shirazhan's regular contributor, uh, whether we are on Twitter or on streams or whatever. Steve, thank you so much for this. Uh, Steve writes, Good eye, gents. Missy Finn... Oh, just, I'll just read it normally for once. Massive fan of the podcast and everything you guys do. From Michael Hamflet's Walter impersonation that he's taken too far with his look to Sidgwick's refusal to shut up despite a new Twitter follower he has. And of course, the Podfather's accents. Phil and Gareth provide a nice change of pace for the superior SmackDown show. Andy Murray pushes some great news content. And it's always nice to hear from Adam Nicholas. Thank you so much for that, Steve. If you want your name associated with a hashtag bloody good quiz, all you need to do is subscribe to What Cool Dressing and leave us a five-star review on there. But I've decided, I've written you another quiz. I'm keeping this New Year's resolution, Phil. I'm sticking to it, right? I've written you a quiz this week all about people Friends. coming people coming back from the dead. <laughs> Ten questions, multiple choice. Wait, 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 wait. You made a New Year's resolution to Phil Chambers to write quizzes about people coming back from the dead every week on Wrestle Culture. No, and to write, to write the quiz, because we got sent quite a few quizzes and I got accused of being quite lazy because I just nicked oh, them. Yeah, I can see that. Um, <laughs> well, can you imagine how fast I'd burn out the back from the dead? I struggled to get to sod in 10 on this one. But anyway, yeah, 10 questions. <laughs> choice. Shout your name. Wait for me to come to you. Most importantly, guys, as always, just remember, it's just for fun. Okay. Question number one. Is it multiple choice? Uh, they're all multiple choice, yes. There's only one, I think, that's an either or, in which case, of course, if you get it wrong, the point will go to your phone. But they're all, the rest of them are, yeah, um, four, four possible answers. Okay, question number one. And I have confidence, Sige, that you'll be like, why do these quizzes more often when we do the video quizzes? Because I think you might get a few of these. Okay, question number one. What river did the giant allegedly fall into at Halloween Havoc 1995? Now, of course, it was the car park or the river. What's the difference? But we're going with the river for this one. Was it A, the Mississippi River, B, the Colorado River, C, the Detroit River, or D, the Rio Grande? <laughs> Phil. Why not? I've absolutely no idea, but I'm going to go for it anyway. The Colorado River. It's not the Colorado River. Sige, options uh, are Mississippi, Detroit, or Rio Grande. I don't know how I don't know this. It's my absolute wheelhouse, this. Mm. How do I not know this? There's so much bollocks wrapped around Halloween Havoc 95. There was monster trucks. Uh-huh. Detroit likes cars. <laughs> Detroit? Detroit is correct. That's some very good reverse psychology. I like that. Okay. Uh, one nil Sidgwick. Question number two. Who flicked the switch to electrocute Abdullah the Butcher at Halloween? <laughs> Mick Foley. Cactus Jack Mick Foley is correct. Oh, I, I had to rewatch the clip of that. And uh, yeah. Doesn't get any better with age, that, that whole stupid bloody thing from Halloween Havoc 1991. Okay. Some lovely memories associated with these questions, by the way. Question three. <laughs> the Undertaker hung Big Boss Man. 
remember it. The Undertaker hung Big Boss Man at which WrestleMania? Sidgwick, 15. Oh, look at this. Straight out of the gate. Yes, that is correct. WrestleMania, 15 by the help of the brood. Weirded me out that. I watched it live. Yeah. That's that's not WrestleMania. It's symbolic. It's symbolic. I know there's symbolic and it's you, Michael. (laughs) Uh, Question number four. Who got fired for smiling as Vince McMahon walked to his limo? Phil. Oh, Phil can have this one. Uh, I've said the thing and now I've completely forgotten his name. Um, Paul London. Is the correct answer. The lovely Paul London. He's one of those people, one of those wrestlers that I would love to meet. I loved Paul London back in the day. And his little face re-watching this. His big old grin. Everyone's like, oh, it'd be somber because Vince is about to die. And then mm-hmm. he's... Remind me, sorry, to uh, just while it's on the top of my head, I'm going to send you a promo, him and Brian Danielson. I've seen people. this. Is this the but, it, it, dolphins and bees? Yes. Or it's absolutely hilarious. Absolutely hilarious. It's one, I've watched that in ages. <laughs> yeah, if you haven't, go and search that out. Paul London, uh, I was going to say Daniel Bryan, Brian Danielson. It is top 10 promos without question. And it's perfect sort of Friday afternoon crack that as well. Okay. Uh, question five, three, one to see three. Question five. <laughs> a which pay-per-view was Braun Strowman killed by a garbage truck? <laughs> TLC 2017. It was TLC. Congratulations. <laughs> yeah, that was when they obviously had the Shield, which as we all know features Seth Rollins, Dean Ambrose and Kurt Angle uh, versus like... Just everyone. Was it five people they took on? Braun Kane. Oh, it's eight. It was Braun, Kane, Miz, Seamus and Cesaro, oh, I think. Yeah, that one. That was how I thought it was. What originally is such an absolute... It's madness. Originally, the Miz wanted to fight the Shield with the Miz Taraj of mm-hmm. Bo Dallas and Curtis Axel. <laughs> and then either it was a bait and switch, they realised, hang on. You can't have a competitive match against these dogs. Just get the bar, forget the misdraws. So they abandoned an entire stable because they realized, oh, hang on, they can't go against anyone. Uh, nuts to them. Nuts to them. I just like the fact as well that they went, okay, all right, fair enough. We'll do Miz in the bar versus the Shield. Now, bollocks, we'll put Kane and Braun Strowman in there. What? Roman's got mumps? Oh, bollocks. <laughs> <laughs> And then, obviously, Kurt Angle put on the old flak jacket. And then, yeah, you think, okay, well, they must have kicked, I don't know, the Shield must have triple powerbombed Braun into the garbage truck. No, it was such a mess that his own team turned on him for some reason. I don't know. Also, double-checking my notes for that, that was the classic pay-per-view where Jason Jordan threw vegetables at (laughs) at Elias and then had a match with him later on. Paul Right, halfway through. Uh, 4-1 Sitch. Question six. Uh, who revealed it was a fake Undertaker before the... T- Let me get the options out here because they weren't there. <laughs> who revealed it was a fake Undertaker before the two Undertakers faced off at SummerSlam 1994? Your options are Columbo, Kojak, Angela Lansbury, <laughs> or Frank Drebin? Sitchwick Drebin. 
aka frank dremin i also love the fact that i googled murder she wrote woman and then got (laughs) i want angela lansbury that's what i want yes it was frank dremin oh you know you know sid and i have had this thing recently phil where sid says why haven't you watched this film yet like point break which i have seen now and it's great discovered recently that the missus has not seen airplane or the naked gun not for god's sake so, get that disgrace. corrected yeah exactly uh hopefully we'll watch that over this weekend or something okay. hopefully no you are watching that this weekend we all know it's not ultimate okay question seven <laughs> uh what year did kane debut at bad blood ripping the cell door off bill 97 is the correct answer 1997 ripping the cell door off its hinges of course What's The Undertaker face Shawn Michaels inside hell in a cell? Okay, question eight is an either-or question. So if you get it wrong, the point will automatically go to your opponent. Which of the Dudley boys did The Undertaker pin before burying Paul Bearer in a concrete crypt? Sidgwick. Devon. Guess. Is this uh, this great? Yeah, yeah. Sidge, is this a guess or great knowledge of the Great American Bash 2004 with fond memories attached to it? It's a guess. <laughs> and it's Devon Dudley. It was Devon Dudley. And then he just walks up and, uh, well, they press play, presumably, on the video that they quite clearly taped uh, earlier on in the day. So there we go. Uh, yes, it was Devon Dudley. Okay, uh, final couple of questions here. Uh Stone Cold was thrown into the Detroit... They bloody love the Detroit River, don't they? <laughs> Stone Cold was thrown into the Detroit River a year after throwing what possession of the rocks into it? Was it? Oh. The Intercontinental title. Look at this. It's, see, see what I mean? About you saying these, we should ask these questions more on videos. This is... The, you're loving this. Well, go, go. Do questions that aren't about 2018 when nothing's vivid and it's all Vince McMahon's lunacy just, just yeah, people, arbitrarily spat out everywhere. And yes, <laughs> people people that uh, are listening to this sort of thing for the first time are like, so that's why Ben Roy beat Sidgwick in a quiz final <laughs> on a sodding exit. By the way. I know we took the piss out of him on his little exercise bike, but I saw his tweet earlier on today. Ben Roy's lost a load of weight, so fair play to him. Congratulations. Great, great achievement in lockdown. Sensibly in workouts and wine, I think, was was his through with his big three. <laughs> I'm not sure about that last one, but okay. Uh, final question. Uh, this is this is sort of coming back from the dead, if you count wrestling in another, another promotion is coming back from the dead. I got, I got to nine and then panicked, I'll be honest. Uh, question 10. Who killed Ali, aka the bunny in AEW, in Impact Wrestling? Was it Rosemary, Abyss, Sue Young, or Kira Hogan? Well, Sue Young? Yes! Are you, were you watching, were we doing Impact stuff at this time, Phil? No, but I remember it happening. Yeah, I... They I had a whole I, world for it, didn't they? I can't remember what they called it. Uh, the, like, Dark Realm? yeah. Not yeah. my thing, that. Mm, I probably could have guessed that. And uh, yeah, she got uh, shivved in the throat by Sue Young, who had like an Edward Scissorhands hand thing on. I don't know. I'll do it. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, so good to see her, Sige, 
hopping around in AEW. <laughs> All right, I'm glad she's hopping around here. <laughs> uh, but anyway, congratulations, Michael Sidgwick. Uh, you are winner of this week's quiz. Phil, that means I have to murder you. I do apologize. Uh, but hopefully you'll be back in time for the... Oh, wait, no. Are we doing one next week? We got we got a four-day weekend. We might be back oh, yeah. next week. Who knows? It depends if I can be asked. Uh, right, okay. Let us, know your th- let us know your thoughts on the quiz and everything we've discussed today, as I said, at WhatCultureWWE on Twitter. Watch there. You can follow all three of us. You can follow Michael Sidgwick at... M. Sidgwick. And myself and Michael Sidgwick. We will be back on Sunday. Fantasy booking AEW's trios tournament. Well worth checking out that. Uh, you can follow Phil Chambers at... At Phil My Chambers. And while you're following and subscribing to things, go over to KFABE News on YouTube, youtube.com forward slash KFABE News, because we've got a brand new story up there. It's a really sad one, this one, because unfortunately on this day, Ed sees poorly. <laughs> another day, another week, another example of me being tricked by a KFABE News article I saw earlier on this week, Phil. So yeah, go and check that one? out. Uh, and of course, Phil will be back with Gareth tomorrow, reviewing SmackDown as well as that. Uh, tomorrow, me and Hamlet will be back. What we do? What are we talking about tomorrow's podcast? I can't remember. It's been a long old week. But do check it out. It's going to be great, whatever it is. Uh, right, this has been Wrestle Culture. You can follow me at Adam Wilbur on Twitter. Follow us all at What Culture WWE. My thanks to Michael Sidgwick. Thanks to Bill Chambers. Thanks to Steve Nicholas, Edward Shiraz hands uh, for suggesting this week's. Uh, quiz and uh, leaving us a nice five star review. You can do the same by subscribing to What Culture Wrestling. But once again, thanks for joining us, and we will see you soon. Wrestling. Spin your passion into a business with Shopify and break sales records with the world's best converting checkout. Let's hear that one more time. The world's best converting checkout. Shopify's legendary checkout makes it easier for customers to shop on your website, across social media, and everywhere in between. Now that's music to your ears. Any way you spin it, you can be a smash hit with Shopify. Start your dollar a month trial today at shopify.com slash records.